What's up, everybody? My name is Zach Schaumler. This is Strong Opinion Sports. Thank you so much for tuning in. It is Wednesday, November 29th. A great slate of stories to talk about today. A lot of good stories. First, we will revisit the Eli Manning story. Eli Manning was obviously benched yesterday. We'll talk about that. Then I will move into John Gruden. John Gruden is obviously the longtime ESPN broadcaster, and every single year there is a rumor that John Gruden may go back to coaching NFL football, and I never believe it until I this until today. I finally have a theory that I believe and I buy. John Gruden may go back to coaching, and what the heck happened in Tennessee? We'll talk about Tennessee's coaching situation, and we will talk about the weirdest story in sports in a long time. What is going on with Derrick Rose? This is Strong Opinion Sports. You can subscribe to Strong Opinion Sports on iTunes, on SoundCloud. I also put videos on YouTube. I put the full show on YouTube. I break out my best clips on YouTube. Tell your friends about Strong Opinion Sports. Share this with your friends. I know there are people out there that don't know Strong Opinion Sports exists that would love to hear about the show and would love to listen to the show if they knew it existed. So tell your friends about Strong Opinion Sports. So yesterday, Eli Manning was benched. Uh, they decided to, the Giants decided they were no longer going to play Eli Manning, and they would start Geno Smith on Sunday. Geno Smith is going to play a little bit. Their rookie quarterback, Davis Webb, will play a little bit. And the Eli Manning era has now ended in New York. And I took 24 hours. I, I did a quick, you know, knee-jerk reaction yesterday on the show, how I felt about it. But I really took 24 hours to, to mull it over, to think about it, to ingest all the media narratives going around. How did I really feel about Eli Manning being benched? I want to start with this comparison. My favorite football team is Washington State University's football team, college football. This weekend, Washington State played a game against UW, and their quarterback really struggled. Luke Falk, Washington State's quarterback, played really rough, played really bad. And when the coach was asked about whether or not he would have benched Luke Falk, what he said was this. The reason Luke Falk was not benched on Saturday was... It was not just him. It was a whole team issue. Luke Falk wasn't benched because it wasn't just Luke Falk that was the problem. The whole offense was struggling. You can't blame one person on that. And I feel kind of similarly to Eli Manning. When Eli Manning's struggling, it's not just him. The receivers are dropping balls. The Giants' offense just stinks. It's not Eli Manning's fault. It's the whole offense is just not doing very well. So I felt like Eli Manning was kind of unfairly benched. But I'll say this. What is the ultimate goal here? What are we trying to do with Eli Manning? Because the season's over. The Giants have one win. The Giants are not going to make the playoffs. They've been eliminated a long time ago. Now, what is the Giants' next move? They want to prepare for the future. The Giants want to now get a good draft pick. They've said, look, Eli Manning is in his 14th season. He's been great. Thank you for your service. But we are ready to move on from you. And now the Giants are going to say, look, (laughs) Eli Manning could win us a couple more games. Or what we could do is not try our hardest to win. We're going to start Geno Smith. We're going to start Davis Webb. And we're going to have the whole, we can say, we're just evaluating how good the guys on our team are. What they're really doing, what the New York Giants are actually doing is tanking. The Giants said, look, we need a high draft pick to get a new quarterback. We're done with Eli. We love you. Thank you for your service, but we're ready to move on. And the Giants are now tanking. I don't blame them at all. That's what I would do. It's a great strategy. It's a business decision. And it really is the best thing for the Giants. The Giants need a new quarterback. They're ready to move on. It's time. They're going to get a new coach. They can get a new quarterback. It is now time for the Giants to move on from Eli Manning. Now, the biggest problem with this is New York Giants fans never got a warning. I have no problem with it. You know, if a girl broke up with me and she said, this is why, this is what I'm doing. 
Here's why. And I was like, you know, that makes sense. That's a good decision. I'd be fine with it. But if she just blindsided me one day and broke up with me, it would really hurt. I want to, I want to thank my dad for something. It's a weird comparison to hang in there. It'll make sense in a minute. Growing up, my dad would always tell me to say goodbye to my grandma. My grandma Jenna lived with us. She was awesome. She was a great lady. She loved Ego waffles, kind of like 11 and Stranger Things. My grandma was a wonderful lady. She lived with us uh, for about six years. And my dad said, every time you leave the house, say goodbye to Grandma Jenna. Because you never know. You never know when you're going to come back and Grandma Jenna will be gone. She'll die eventually. And so I was always emotionally prepared for Grandma Jenna to be gone every time I came back to the house. So the day she died, I'd already said goodbye. I'd been preparing for it for months. I had a warning. If I'd never prepared for Grandma Jenna's death and she was ripped out of my hands and I had no time to prepare, it would have been so much harder to deal with. So thank you so much to my dad for giving me a warning saying, look, it's going to happen eventually. Prepare yourself emotionally. Giants fans were not able to prepare themselves emotionally. Look, it's the right thing. Eli Manning, it's time to go. It's time to break up with that girl. It's time for the relationship to end. But Giants fans weren't able to prepare emotionally. It was just ripped away. We lost our quarterback. Oh. And it's funny because, you know, six years ago, the last, any of the last 10 years, Giants fans have hated Eli Manning. It's not a rational anger. They're just angry because they didn't have time to prepare. And it's really funny to me. Philip Rivers today defended Eli Manning. Philip Rivers, the San Diego Chargers quarterback, who's getting up there in age, uh, defended Eli Manning. He said, Eli Manning, you know, is unfair. He should have got benched. I don't think it's right. Of course, Philip Rivers said that. Philip Rivers is in the same situation Eli Manning's in. Philip Rivers is getting up there in age. It's getting time for the San Diego Chargers to eventually replace Eli Manning. It's like, eh, to, to replace, sorry, Philip Rivers. Philip Rivers and Eli Manning are basically the same person. So, I mean, of course, Philip Rivers defended Eli Manning. No one wants to lose their job. It hurts. It feels uncomfortable. But this was the right move for the Giants. The Giants needed to move on. The Giants, look, they're not good. They've given a ton of money. They've supported him. It's not working. It's time for the Giants to move on and get a new quarterback. I think Eli Manning still has years left in him. It's ironic. This is very similar to when Peyton Manning left the Colts. Peyton Manning gave the, the Broncos two more good years. Pey- Eli Manning, Peyton's brother, now the Giants quarterback, will move on somewhere else and do well. It's, it's what's going to happen. Don't expect me to be, all oh, the Giants are idiots when next year Eli Manning plays for some other team and does well. It's what's going to happen. Eli Manning probably has two more good years left in him, but we have to accept that and move on. The New York Giants are preparing for the future. They don't care about the next two years. They care about 10 years from now. How are we going to be for the next 10 years? We don't want to be competitive for two years. We want to be dominant for the next 10 years. So the Giants are moving on from Eli Manning, and I fully support their decision. Now, it's really interesting to me. All these names are getting thrown around. My buddy B-Rod, a good friend of mine, always has great conversations with me about sports. He threw out the name John Gruden, and he said, could John Gruden go to the Giants? And I said, no way, of course. And every year, John Gruden's name is thrown out there. Will this be the year John Gruden returns to coaching? And I laugh at that. I say, no, of course not. The guy, John Gruden won a Super Bowl with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Look, the guy's won a lot in his career, and he went out on top. He, he's remembered as a great coach, even though he may not even have been the best coach. We remember the perception of John Gruden is John Gruden was a fantastic NFL coach. And now, 10 years later, I think 15 years later, who knows, the dude's on top of the mountain. He's the best 
most interesting voice at ESPN. He's a great broadcaster. I think he's a better broadcaster, John Gruden is, than he was a coach. John Gruden makes a ton of money. He gets commercials. He gets good deals. He's got a cushy lifestyle. John Gruden is happy. And I've never until today thought he might ever leave ESPN. But there's a funny thing with guys like John Gruden. John Gruden operates out of a sense of duty. At least that's my perception of him. John Gruden gets up. He still operates like a coach. John Gruden watches a ton of film. He is so involved and all in on the game of football. When guys get older, when guys get up into the early age, we see Jerry Jones acting this way too. Jerry Jones is almost, he's pushing 74. He wants to win. He wants to go out on top. He wants to do one more thing before he dies. It's like a bucket list thing. You don't want to have any regrets. John Gruden has a great life. He's completely happy. But I would not be shocked if John Gruden went back to coaching because he felt like he owed it to himself. One last rodeo. I want to do it one more time. Can I do it again? Because guys always wonder that. They always wonder, you know, I really could go back. Because I played college football once. I still have a cannon. I can throw the football incredibly well. I can throw the football at a college le- football level. I got a great uh, cannon. I can throw the ball really well. And I always wonder, and I think I always will wonder, what if I hadn't left college early? What if I could go back and play somewhere else? It will always sit with me. There's always in the back of your head, I still have more left in the tank and what will happen. And I think John Gruden may feel similarly. The guy's enough money. The guy could probably never work a day in his life and, and retire and be happy. But there's that thing in the back of his mind. Can I do it again? I want to prove to people. I, I really think I can still coach. I have something left in the tank. I think John Gruden may go back to coaching. Now, I do not think the New York Giants are the best scenario for him. I don't think he would go to New York. The reason why I do not think John Gruden would go back to New York is the quarterback situation. If you're going to go back, you're going to go back to the perfect best situation. Look, I would go back and play college football if there was a great team with a great roster that said, look, we want you, Zach. We're handing you the keys to the car and you have a great system around you. Then hell yeah, I would. I want to go back. I want to win. I want to be successful. I don't want to take a risk. I want to take, that's a sure bet. I know I can win there. I would go back to that. John Gruden is not a sure bet in New York. Now, here's where I think John Gruden may take a job. It's not flashy. It's not LA. It's not New York. Even though everyone seems to speculate, John Gruden will go back to the biggest market because he's a market guy. John Gruden doesn't care. I think John Gruden wants to win. John Gruden wants to set himself up to succeed. You know where John Gruden may actually go? It wouldn't shock me. A prediction now, it's probably something out of my, you know, I'm spewing this out of my mouth, but honestly, listen to this. John Gruden may go to the Indianapolis Colts. It's a rebuilding franchise. I really like their general manager and they have Andrew Luck. I promise you, John Gruden will not go to a team that doesn't have a quarterback. That doesn't make sense. We saw Nick Saban fail in the NFL, and the reason Nick Saban failed in the NFL was because he didn't have a quarterback. (laughs) I can't remember who it is. I think it's Herm Edwards says, there are two types of coaches in the league. There are coaches with quarterbacks, and there are unemployed coaches. Because if you don't have a quarterback in the NFL, you cannot win. John Gruden may go back to coaching because he has a sense of duty, like he owes it to himself. But John Gruden would not go to a place like New York. John Gruden will go to a place with a quarterback that has a situation where he could succeed. My name is Zach Schaumler. This is Strong Opinion Sports. Coming up next, I will do NFL Buy or Sell. I'm very excited for this. Then we will go into Derrick Rose. The weirdest story in sports in a long, 
long time. Then I have a story about LeBron I'm really excited to share with you guys. Subscribe to Strong Opinion Sports on iTunes, on SoundCloud. I put my videos on YouTube, videos of me talking. I'm a talking head. I break out my best clips, and I put the full show on YouTube if you want to watch that way. Share this with your friends. Tell your friends about Strong Opinion Sports. I know there are people out there that don't know this show exists. We're good. We're at 300-some listeners every episode, which is pretty insane because we just started in August. You guys are coming through. You guys are listening to the show. You guys are awesome. I really love you guys. Tell your friends about the show. I want it to continue to grow. My name is Zach Schaumler. I'll be right back. Man, I just got to say, I really appreciate you listeners out there. It's really awesome. We're building a good community. You know, the YouTube channel is doing really well. It's really fun. I haven't promoted it at all. And it's just naturally growing on its own. But we have a really good community of people that comment and watch Strong Opinion Sports on YouTube. And it's really cool. You see most uh, comment sections on YouTube are really negative. They're like, you suck. Go home. You're no good. No, it's really cool. The people that listen to Strong Opinion Sports on YouTube have good things to say, engaging uh, comments. We have conversations. It's my favorite thing about the show is the listeners, you guys that engage with me. It's a ton of fun. I really enjoy it and I really appreciate you guys. I want to jump into NFL buy or sell. This is my favorite thing about Strong Opinion Sports. It's a, I'm a nerd about stocks. So every week I talk about NFL teams as if they were stocks. I buy teams. I sell teams based on how I feel about them. Are they good? Are they bad? This is NFL buy or sell. I want to start with this. I'm going to buy the Rams. The NFC West is going to come down to the Seahawks and the Rams. And right now, the Rams are playing better football than the Seahawks. The Seahawks are playing incredibly ugly. They have penalties. They're making mistakes. They cannot figure it out. And the problem with the Seahawks is the Seahawks play the Cowboys later with Ezekiel Elliott's first game back in a Cowboys uniform. The Cowboys will be angry. I think the Rams will win the NFC West. I'm buying the Rams. I'm also buying the 49ers. Right now, Jimmy Garoppolo is preparing to go back to Chicago, playing in his hometown Jimmy Garoppolo's first start will be in Chicago, and I cannot wait to watch it. I'm picking the 49ers to beat the Bears this weekend. I'm also selling now the Dolphins. The Dolphins are 4-7. and seven. Their season is over. Can you believe the Dolphins have the same record as the Jets? Let's be honest. The Jay Cutler experiment has failed. I'll see you next year. I'm selling the Dolphins. I'm buying the Bills. It's weird to say I'm buying a team that is and 6-5, but 6-5 and five really is poised to get a wildcard spot in the AFC because the AFC is no good. And the Bills have Tyrod Taylor, a franchise quarterback. They seem to finally be figuring out Tyrod Taylor's our guy. We're going to commit to him. The Bills have a great defense. The Bills are poised to get the last wild card spot. I believe in the Bills. I'm buying the Bills. Now, here's a prediction you're going to love. I'm buying the Patriots and I'm buying the Eagles. This is the Super Bowl that I want. I want the best team in the AFC to play the best team in the NFC. That is the Patriots and the Eagles. These are both quarterbacks with great stories. I'm buying the Patriots, Eagles, for the Super Bowl now, so you know later, I'm going to rub it in your face. Guess what? Patriots and Eagles are going to the Super Bowl. I'm selling the Cowboys. The, the NFC is ultra competitive, and Dak Prescott is really struggling. It's going to be hard to get a playoff spot already, and you're hitting a rut. You don't have Ezekiel Elliott. Dak Prescott's struggling. And Dak Prescott will pull through. You know, you got to get dirty to understand and see what it feels like to get clean, but right now, Dak Prescott's going through the fire. He's going to be better on the other side, but not yet. And the coaching staff for the Cowboys is really failing to make adjustments. And that's why ultimately the Cowboys are not going to make the playoffs. I'm selling the Cowboys. I'm buying the Vikings. My goodness, this is the second best team in the NFL right now. I am I am so surprised with the Vikings. Now, the Vikings would not be able to outsmart Bill Belichick in the Super Bowl, but they could beat the Eagles, which is interesting. I love the way football works. I'm rooting for the Eagles Patriots. That's a better Super Bowl. But the Vikings very well could make it to the Super Bowl. They could play a home game in their own stadium in the Super Bowl. They have Case Keenum. Case Keenum is a franchise guy. I believe in Case Keenum, the Viking quarterback. 
They need to stay committed to Case Keenum. I'm buying the Vikings. I'm selling the Falcons. It's interesting. The last playoff spot in the NFC will come down to, it'll be between the Panthers, the Seahawks, and or the Falcons. And right now, I think the Falcons' schedule is simply too hard. They play the Saints twice. They play the Vikings and they play the Panthers. The last wild card spot was probably going to come down to the Panthers or the Seahawks. I think the Falcons cannot overcome their tough, tough roster. And it's worth noting, Cam Newton's unpredictable. I have no idea what he's going to do. The Panthers are 8-3. Cam Newton's all over the map. We'll see what happens. And finally, I am buying the Chargers. It's weird. The Chargers are 5-6. and six, But I really think the NFL is all about who gets hot at the end of the season. And right now, the Chiefs are struggling. The Raiders are all over the place. The Chargers are absolutely on fire. They are going to win the AFC West. I can't wait to see what happens with the Chargers. I am buying the Chargers. That has been NFL Buy or Sell. Thank you for listening. Okay. This is a weird story because I kept seeing articles everywhere. And I wanted more information. I kept seeing articles that said, Derrick Rose is reevaluating his time in the NBA. Does he want to play? Does he not? And I felt like I didn't have the full story. So I took a step back. I did a bunch of research. Why does Derrick Rose feel that he is done with the NBA? Well, the truth is Derrick Rose hurt his ankle. And now Derrick Rose is at injury after injury after injury. Every year Derrick Rose has an injury. Derrick Rose is a dad. So Derrick Rose wanted to take a step back, take time to think about, do I want to continue to play in the NBA? Is my career over? Do I want to retire or not? It's very sad. I like Derrick Rose. He has, he's had a really rough career up and down, a lot of injuries. But here's why Derrick Rose's career is over. Whenever that thought creeps into your mind, it's over. Not with your job, not with school, not with all kinds of things, but when it's motivated by passion, the way that a relationship is, the way that an athletic career is, it's motivated by passion. And Derrick Rose has lost his passion for the game. You know how I know that? Because he's thinking about it being over. I, I, one time, I, I failed to break up with a girlfriend one time. I've told this story before. I didn't do it, and I messed up, and the relationship came to an end. And I would have saved everybody a bunch of heartache if I just, the minute I thought about breaking up with her, if I just ended it. But I didn't. I stayed in the relationship. I was wishy-washy. Ultimately, it was over. And you know, the minute the relationship was over was the minute I thought about it being over. Once that thought creeps into your mind, it's done. I knew the same thing with football. When I played college football, I didn't want to go to practice. And I knew that once I hated practice, it's over for me. Because growing up, I always loved football practice. It was my favorite thing in the world. Once that thought creeps into your mind, I think I'm done. You're done. I promise you. So Derrick Rose, it's been a great career. I've really, I've, I enjoyed watching Derrick Rose. I'm really sad he didn't finish strong with the Cleveland Cavaliers. I hope he does. I hope he comes back and is able to finish his career. I don't know that he will, though. He's been injured many times, and the guy's kind of just, seems like he lost his heart for the game. It's very sad. Staying with the Cleveland Cavaliers, I want to talk about LeBron James. The other day, LeBron James was ejected for the first time in his entire NBA career. And it was really, really weird watching the video because LeBron James, uh, he did not, he thought he got fouled at the rim. They didn't foul him. He thought he got hit on the arm. Nothing happened. So LeBron James ran over to the ref. He did a fist bump, yelled at something, and then he got a technical, got a second technical and was thrown out. And it was like, bang, bang, done. Within the course of three seconds, LeBron James got two technicals and they kicked him out of the game. I, I don't like that at all. I think that I, I understand the heat of the moment. I understand a ref has to defend himself. If LeBron James is coming at me, I'd be terrified. But I really think three seconds, two technicals, that's way too much. 
That's not how the rules are made. That's not how it should have worked. I don't think the guy should have thrown LeBron James out of the game. I think LeBron James kind of screwed over. It reminds me of this story. A long time ago, I heard a story. I'm really sorry. I don't know the name of the guy. Look it up. You can find it. I looked it up. I really couldn't find it. I was very upset about it. But a long time ago, there was a guy who was accused of, he was, he was, doing, he was selling drugs. He was doing three really bad things all at once. And he got convicted for the first time. They gave him the three-strike rule, which is in California. If you do three big-time crimes, you're in jail for life. And this guy got convicted of the three strikes rule and he didn't know how to read. So in, in prison, he learned how to read. He became a lawyer in prison. It's really interesting. And he figured out, oh my gosh, I was wrongfully accused. You can't convict someone of the three strikes crime, uh, the three strikes rule, all with the same thing. So you can't, they have to be three separate incidences. They can't be all one and you call it three. Does that make sense? LeBron James never got a fair chance. You gave him two technicals for one thing. That's ridiculous. I think LeBron James got kind of screwed over. He got thrown out of the game far earlier than he should have been, and I didn't like it. I really didn't like it. I support LeBron James. And for all of you haters out there, I know a lot of people really don't like LeBron James, but this argument is just ridiculous. It's, it's really silly. People are saying, LeBron James whines way too much. I don't like LeBron James' attitude. Guys, you're clearly biased. Do you ever watch an NBA game? Watch Kevin Durant. Watch Russell Westbrook. Watch... James Harden or Steph Curry. Everybody whines. That's how the NBA works. Have you not ever seen Steph Curry? The guy threw a mouthpiece at a ref. I'm so sick and tired of everybody saying, LeBron James is way worse than everybody else. LeBron James is the same as everybody else. He's just better than everybody else. So you hold him to a higher standard and you don't like him. That's the truth. Many people are hard on LeBron James because they simply don't like him, even though he does the same exact thing as everybody else in the league. It's frustrating. It's, it's ridiculous. I don't like it. You know what's interesting about LeBron James, though? I have never, I have never in my life felt better about LeBron James going to the Los Angeles Lakers. It, it's happening. It really is. LeBron James' time in Cleveland is coming to an end. You know why LeBron James was so angry and got thrown out of a game? LeBron James is frustrated. LeBron James knows his team is not as good as it was last year. And you can see it. You can watch it. When you watch the Cavaliers, you see it unraveling. There's just this... Tone, it's not the same as it's been in the past. I think the Cavaliers are going to make it to the NBA Finals again this year, but it's, <laughs> it's not going to happen. Their team isn't as good. And if he's going to lose every year to the Warriors, he might as well lose to the Warriors in a place he enjoys with people he likes. Does that make sense? LeBron James, I think, is increasingly becoming frustrated with the Cleveland Cavaliers roster. He doesn't like the roster. He doesn't like Dan Gilbert, the owner. LeBron James is on his way out. LeBron James is going to the Los Angeles Lakers because, look, again, if he's going to lose to the Warriors, he might as well do it with the Lakers in a place he really likes and a place he enjoys. My name is Zach Schaumler. This is Strong Opinion Sports. I'm going to take another short break when I return. This whole fiasco, the Tennessee coaching fiasco, is something I want to address, I want to talk about. Then I have a great argument why we should not, should not, we should not expand the college football playoffs. We have four teams. That's enough. I'm going to talk about that next Subscribe to Strong Opinion Sports on iTunes, on SoundCloud. We're also on YouTube. You can find my videos, my best videos, my best segments are on YouTube, and the full show I also upload to YouTube. Share this with your friends. Tell your friends about Strong Opinion Sports. I know there are people out there that would love to listen to the show that simply do not know that it exists. So tell your friends about Strong Opinion Sports. My name is Zach Schaumler, and I'll be right back. All right, we are back. I want to talk about a story that honestly makes me really uncomfortable and kind of scares me to talk about. 
something that happened on Sunday night. On Sunday night, it became public knowledge that the University of Tennessee football team is going to hire Greg Schiano to be their head coach. Greg Schiano is formerly the head coach at Rutgers. He did a great job with Rutgers football. He was the coach at Tampa Bay with the Buccaneers. He didn't do very well there. He also has formerly coached at Penn State and is now the current defensive coordinator of Ohio State University. Now, the key to that, his whole resume, is the fact that he was once a coach at Penn State. He was involved with Jerry Sandusky. And Jerry Sandusky was, once again, if you don't remember, he was the man who was involved with a horrible, horrific, sad story, which was the abuse of power and the sexual abuse of young boys. Now, there's now an allegation against Greg Schiano that Greg Schiano knew about Jerry Sandusky and never said anything. So when the University of Tennessee, when it became public knowledge that University of Tennessee was going to hire Greg Schiano, the fan base for the University of Tennessee volunteers absolutely freaked out. They pushed back hard against their management. They said, we do not want Greg Schiano involved with our program. In fact, on Twitter, the number one, not only the number one sports story, the number one trending story in general on Twitter was Greg Schiano going to the Tennessee Volunteers. Tennessee was not happy. They did not like their allegations against their new head coach. They did not feel comfortable having him. And they said, we don't want him here. And what happened was the University of Tennessee pulled out of their negotiations with Greg Schiano. They said, we're not going to have Greg Schiano here. And, and Twitter won. The, the Tennessee Volunteers fan base said, we don't want him. And Tennessee, the management at Tennessee, the athletic director said, that's all right. We, don't, we won't take him then. And it's very interesting. It's, there's a couple things I feel about this. I wanted to really digest everything before I formulated my own opinion. There's one thing that really scares me about Greg Schiano's story. And there's, I really agree with Tennessee. I want to talk about later why I think Tennessee did the right thing. But first, what I want to talk about is what scares me. What scares me is the word allegation. There is no evidence against Greg Schiano. And that freaks me out because me as a person and you as a person, this also applies to you. If someone accused you of something that you did not do at all, and yet you still didn't get a job for it, that's kind of wrong. That kind of sucks. So I, I'm very hesitant to, when there's allegations, I want, to, I want to listen to the whole fact. Now, there's also the truth that when there's smoke, there is fire. Why is someone accusing you of this or that, right? There's, there's always some like, that's weird that he, he, why is he in that scenario, right? But it does scare me that the accusation is almost as powerful as factual evidence that he did it, right? People are, when you, someone gets accused you of something, that can ruin your whole career. That's why I'm so careful around women. I'm very careful with my interactions with women and very professional. I keep it professional. I tell women, hey, I'm just here to keep it professional. I try to meet in big groups. If I'm ever one-on-one with a girl, I'm saying, I'm very clear. I'm not hitting on you. I'm very careful with that because I do not want an allegation because an allegation, even with no evidence, could ruin my whole career. I'm very aware of that. But I also want to point out there's a difference between a, a, an allegation with no factual evidence behind it, out, completely out of left field, and the allegation against Greg Schiano because Greg Schiano was involved with Jerry Sandusky. So you're already, you're, you're already saying, oh, he could have been involved. And now this evidence, this lack of evidence, but accusation seems like a reasonable thing, right? It's different out of left field versus involved with a predator and you could have known about it. Those are two very different things. So it worries me that someone might have lost their job based on an accusation because an accusation is now incredibly, incredibly powerful. You can take someone down simply with an accusation and that scares me. However, I completely support the University of Tennessee. I think they did the right thing here and I really support them. It's a catch-22 for the university because you don't want to seem like a crazy university with bad management, but you also you have to listen to your fan base. It is not the management of Tennessee's university. It is the fan base. It is their university. It is the people's university of University of Tennessee. 
It's the fans' university. It's the people of Tennessee's university. The boosters, the people that give money to the program, should have a say. If they're like, we don't want this guy here at all, you don't want to hire that guy. Remember who supports the program financially? It's the fans and the boosters. So, and if I'm the management, if I'm the athletic director at University of Tennessee, the word boycott would have terrified me. Because if I hire Greg Schiano, no one wants him there. People are completely opposed to it. That's a bad look because people might boycott your program. They might not come to your games. That scares me. I don't want to have someone around that everyone hates and doesn't believe in or doesn't want. But the sad result of listening to Twitter, listening to who knows if that's the majority of people in the world, but we know that it was trending on Twitter. We know that people were outraged about it. The result of listening to that is you lose some high-level good coaches. It looks like it's bad management. It looks like a toxic environment. Now, top-level coaches are saying, Right, wrong, or indifferent, they're stepping back from Tennessee and said, we don't want to be involved with Tennessee. I think University of Tennessee did the right thing. I support the fans. I think it's cool the fans had power and the fans said, we don't want him here. And they were listened to. In fact, I, I, I'm really creeped out by the Sandusky story. I don't like that at all. I don't like anyone involved in the Sandusky story. If you're, it's just, I'm not down with that. I don't like that at all. And I think the university did the right thing. But again, the result is you look like a crazy fan base that is manipulating the system and getting whatever you want. I'm not, it's just objectively what happens. It looks like a, a, a bad, toxic environment. So if I'm a head coach, right, wrong, or different, great head coaches are now turning away from Tennessee because they don't want to be involved. Head coaches like Mike Gundy. Mike Gundy was in the running for the Tennessee job, and he's now pulled his name out and said, I don't want to be involved. And I'm, I'm really disappointed because Mike Gundy is currently the head coach at Oklahoma State in the Big 12. And Mike Gundy is an offensive genius. He puts up video game numbers. His offense is a ton of fun to watch. And man, it's, it's just really great. I would have loved to see SEC athletes in his genius, well-put-together scheme. It would have been a ton of fun. And I'm really sad that Mike Gundy pulled his name out. And again, as a result of looking like Tennessee poorly managed, manipulated by fans, a toxic environment, you're now probably going to get Jeff Brom. Interestingly enough, Brian Brom is his brother. Brian Brom was a coach at Louisville. You might know the name. Jeff Brom was the coach this year at Purdue. He went 6-6. Six and six. Jeff Brom is not a, wow, it's not a great, huge name. He's not a celebrity coach. Uh, he's not even really tied to Tennessee from what I know. But Brian Brom will prob- or Jeff Brom will probably be the next coach at Tennessee because, look, it's seen as by coaches, again, right, wrong, or indifferent, coaches around the, uh, the league and around the United States see Tennessee as a toxic environment they don't want to be a part of. Jeff Brom could be great. I have no idea. I don't know anything about him. I know that he went six and six at Purdue, and Purdue is like, eh. I just I, he's he's a meh coach. He's like, eh, it's not terrible. It's also not great. So, but I do support Tennessee. I think Tennessee did the right thing by not hiring Greg Schiano. Some people are saying he got screwed over. Look, I don't know. I, I'd be very careful with the people I work with. If I feel the people I work with are creepy, I'm I'm getting out of there. I don't want to be involved. So I think Greg Schiano's name being involved with Jerry Sandusky is a problem, and I support them not hiring. Greg Schiano to this Tennessee to be the head coach. I want to move on to one last story of the day. The college football playoffs. It's chaos right now. It's absolute chaos. The, the, the playoff rankings are insane. Right now we have Clemson number one. Auburn is ahead of Wisconsin, even though Wisconsin is undefeated. There are three SEC teams in the top six. You also have University of Central Florida, who's undefeated and not even in the top 10. It's crazy. It's chaos. And I absolutely love it. Oh, man, I love it. There is storyline after storyline after storyline. Reason to care after reason to care after reason to care. I love it. 
It is just a, for a guy like me who loves storytelling, is a fan of stories, college football is absolutely delivering. And yet, for some reason, for some reason, everyone's saying, oh, I hate it. I don't like it. Four teams isn't enough. We need to expand the college football playoff. What? If it ain't broke, don't fix it. This is fantastic. This is great for college football. Right now, we have a bunch of games that matter. We really care. Chaos is good for college football. It means that you care about what's going on. If you're angry your team got screwed over, that's good. That is good for college football. That means you care about college football. It means you are interested in it. If your team gets screwed over, you're not going to turn it off. Let's be honest. If you're a fan of Ohio State and you feel like Ohio State should be in the top four and should get a chance, if, they, if Ohio State wins the Big Ten and they still don't get into the college football playoff and you're an Ohio State fan and you're mad, you're not going to give up. You're going to be angry and you're going to watch next year. There's always next year. We're going to do better next year. Until If you don't like the way the system is, don't watch. But let me tell you, we all watch. It's really, really awesome. There's a term I like in video games called vote with your wallet. So a guy I know, Colin Moriarty, always said this. If you don't like a game, don't buy it. If you don't like how something's operating, don't watch. Don't be a part of it. Honestly, I think this is great. I love it. I love the chaos. I cannot wait to watch Auburn play Georgia in the SEC championship game. I honestly really, really hope that two SEC teams do not get into the top four. I think that's ridiculous. If you couldn't win your own division, why are you in the college football playoff at all? But that's probably what's going to happen. Let's be honest. Chaos is good. Chaos is great for college football. It means we all care. If we're angry, at least we care. I like it. I think four is enough. I think if you if you can't get into the top four, why should you have a chance to compete for the college football national championship? It's better than it was. Let's be honest. Remember when there were two teams and that third team was undefeated and they wouldn't get in? That'll never happen again. At least your team had a chance. And if you can't go undefeated, like look, people are all mad. Ohio State's getting screwed over. Ohio State had a chance. They lost two really bad games. They could have won. They lost. That's on them. If you wanna if you wanna make it to the national championship, go undefeated. Then you have no excuses ever. If you don't go undefeated or you don't lose one game, like Clemson lost one game, I'll give them one game. Seems like every team every year has one game where they don't show up. That's that's all right with me. But you can't be mad as an Ohio State fan that your team isn't getting in because look, Ohio State had plenty of opportunities to make it into the national championship. They blew it. They lost to Oklahoma. They lost to Iowa. They didn't take advantage of their opportunity. I'm okay if they're not in. They blew it. They had their chance, and they missed it. Ohio State could have made it in. They probably will not now. I love I love the chaos. We should not expand the college football playoff. I like it the way it is. It means that games later in the season matter more than ever. I am all for the way leaving college football playoff the way it is. I like four teams. I think four teams is plenty. My name is Zach Schaumler. This has been Strong Opinion Sports. Thank you so very much for listening. I love that you guys listen to this show. You guys are my favorite thing in the world. The comments on YouTube are a ton of fun. The people that listen to this show are really, really awesome fans. They engage. They're great. I love Jordan. I love Colin. I love B-Rod. A lot of people, there's so many more that I can't mention that listen to this show that are just a blast to engage with online. Thank you so much for listening. Subscribe to Strong Opinion Sports on iTunes, on SoundCloud. I also put my videos on YouTube. You can watch my best clips or a full show if you want. Tell your friends about Strong Opinion Sports. There are tons of people out there that don't know this show exists. You can help me by telling your friends about this show. I know you have friends who listen to podcasts. It's my favorite medium in the world. I don't walk around ever without a podcast in my ear. 
If you have a friend going on a long road trip, tell your friends, hey, my buddy Zach, the guy I listen to, has a great podcast. You should check it out too. Tell your friends about Strong Opinion Sports. Thank you so much for listening. I love you guys. Have a great day, everybody. My name is Zach Schaumler on a Wednesday, Wednesday, November 29th. Have a great day. Take care. Love you guys.